What's going on, Lindale Station? Ashton here, part of your family ministry team. And right now, our other half, Alan, is working so hard and diligently because, as he said last week, our students are going on a retreat this coming weekend. So today we have a special guest on the podcast with us, the one and only senior pastor of FBC Lindale, Eric Welchel, um, also known as the runner-up or the first loser to our Christmas movie draft. Um, Eric, how are you doing today? I am great, Ashton. I'm so excited to uh, to be hanging out with you. Perfect. It's going to be fun. Um, so I, I prompted Eric with this. He has no clue what I'm talking to him about today. Normally, Alan and I, we go through this, we talk about it, we have a game plan, we laugh, we cut up, and then we start recording. Um, but Eric now feels like he's in the hot seat because... He has no idea what is about to come out of my mouth, and he's already expressed that he's a little nervous. So I told him nothing incriminating. Uh, we're not going to rake him over the coals or throw him under the bus too much. And uh, <laughs> so just want to kind of give you an insight as to who we are at FBCL. Um, and th- these will show up. Uh, we'll do things with our staff, with our church members. I just want our community and our listeners just to know what our family is like. So, just to kind of start off, Eric, give us give us a little insight. Who is Eric Welch? Wow, um, wow, that's super general, super broad. Um, wow, there's so much. Um, wow. Um, well, I'm a hometown boy. First of all, um, have grown up and lived in the Lindale Silver Creek community my entire life. Um, was a Pepperell Dragon from kindergarten all the way to 12th grade, graduated. Um, And I I think it's a pretty unique experience for somebody like me to have grown up in in the same town and then have been in a a ministry in a local church in the same town um, for as many years as I've had the privilege of being here. Um, usually you hear lots of pastors talking about traveling and they've, and they've been to, uh, multiple churches and in different States and across the country. And, uh, sometimes it's a little weird when, when I share my story with people and tell them, uh, I've been in Lindale and Rome and Floyd County my whole life. And, um, if, you know, if, if I'm not careful, sometimes it, it feels like, um, it feels like maybe did I do something wrong? Because I've been here and and not gone anywhere, but then when I look over the course of all the years and everything that um, that the Lord's let me do and experience and be here, I I just consider it a really really special gift to have been here um, in this community for this long, and it offers a lot of advantages sometimes in ministry um, in trying to minister to folks in this area. So. Um, so I've been here my whole life, uh, married to my beautiful wife, Kim. Um, we both uh, met, I think Kim and I actually met each other for the first time in fifth grade. Um, so we've known each other since fifth grade. Um, we went on a couple of awkward dates through um, like middle school and high school. One of our favorite things to joke about is that we went to our eighth grade dance together. And we have a, a really great um, 
incriminating picture. At least it's incriminating for me. It's embarrassing, not for Kim. Kim has always been beautiful, uh, but um, I it, it fully um, puts on display how big of a dork I was. In, Is that the one with the picture with the lattice in the background? Yes, the one with the yes. lattice and my white pants and my rainbow plaid short sleeve button up shirt and my white necktie. Like I thought I was the stuff. Um, but yeah, that's that's a favorite picture that we like to pull out. So and what you're saying joke is about. if we get enough feedback, you'll wear that on a Sunday morning to preach. The white oh, pants and the Oh man. I don't know if I could recreate that outfit. That would be fun though. That would be fun to see if I could find the pieces to put that back together. <laughs> I would have to get some brown sabagos too. I mean we have the to lattice wear with still, that. so yeah. you're good to go on so, that. Yeah, we've got plenty of lattice, don't we? Um so uh yeah, just um started dating really for the first time. Um I we went to that eighth grade dance together and then um I think it was probably the summer right before um our tenth grade um year in tenth grade. It was right after I started driving, I asked her out on a date and we went out uh like classic. Uh we went to putt putt in West Rome, played some golf, played some mini golf, and then went to Pizza Hut. Isn't that classy? And and then I remember after that was over, um, that didn't take us very long. And I'm driving her around, and I'm thinking I have no more plans. And uh, we literally ended up driving around town, just talking, going to random places, and and embarrassing enough, I think I had her home by nine o'clock that night. Like it was it was really bad. And I left there thinking I'm so embarrassed. That was the most lame date that she's probably ever gone on she will she would never ever want to go out with me again but then um and so i was i was so scared uh to ever ask her out again and didn't um even when some of my high school friends um who had talked to her later and said she actually had fun she would go out with you again i think i just didn't believe them or something i was so devastated and embarrassed about uh what a dork i was or i felt like i was that I just never tried again until we were um, we were home during the summer after both of our freshman year years of college. I was um, I was at home. I was going to Georgia Highlands, which was Floyd College then, and she was at Jacksonville State. And she was home for the summer and uh, asked her out right before we uh, started before she had to go back to school for classes. And that's really was the beginning of our of our relationship, um, beyond friendship. Uh, but, uh, and then, um, and then we were married, we had a long engagement. Uh, and then, um, and now we've been married for 23 years now, or it will be 23 years. I believe this summer, I hope I'm getting that right. Um, this is permanent. Like we, yeah, get I know, I know. Let me stop because I'm horrible at math. I was always an English guy in school. I loved English class. I hated math class. So anytime I'm put on the spot about math, it it stresses me out. Um, but yes, this summer will be 23 years um, that we've been married, and we've got three uh, beautiful boys who are growing up into men right before our eyes, and it's kind of freaking us out right now. Um, Which one's your favorite? 
Oh wow! Don't ask me that. So you don't have the answer. There, yeah, there's no, there's no. <laughs> there's not an easy way. Out they of ask us that all the time. <laughs> they think they know the answers. They all have different answers to it. And so I guess if they all have different answers, then maybe we're doing it right. I don't know, but um, <laughs> we're kind of honest with them sometimes. It's like we love you all three equally and unconditionally, but we don't always like you the same. Uh, sometimes <laughs> we like one of you more than the other, uh, just depending on on what's going on. But, no, Tyler is 21. He's a student that um, just transferred to Jacksonville State over in Alabama, and he is taking classes there. Ben is um, in the midst of his senior year at Pepperell. Uh, we're right in the middle of tennis season right now, and he's finishing that. Um, just uh, made a, a verbal commitment to uh, enroll at Shorter University in the fall, um, and Hopefully, um, should be getting a spot on the tennis team there. We're excited about that. And uh, Rob, uh, our baby, is uh, in the seventh grade, and uh, we love them all three. They're all, they all are so different and have their own quirks and, and weirdnesses, but so do I. So that's kind of how that's kind of how the household looks. So we've got we've got to look at. Uh, the wife, the kids. I know you've got another member of the family that I feel like everyone loves the most in your house. Um, mm. Your four-legged friend. Yes, uh, Murphy is our Shih Tzu that we have just had. Golly, it's gonna. I think it's kind of the one-year anniversary of it's his Gotcha up. Day. I think it's coming up to it. Yeah. Coming up really soon, and uh, he just turned. Uh, according to his paperwork that we got, he just turned one like in February. And, um, yeah, that's a funny story because uh, our kids have wanted a dog for years and years and years, especially Tyler, our oldest. And um, Kim has always been um, sort of the the last word on whether we had a dog or not. I, I was never super excited about dogs. I've never been a huge pet person, and neither was she. Um, but because of um, Ben's uh, girlfriend. Her name is Kenzie, and Kenzie had a Shih Tzu, and we were kind of exposed to her, and um, and Kim just kind of fell in love with her one day and said, hey, I think I would like a little dog like that. And so uh, we, we really, as weird as it may sound, we really felt like it was um, uh, a God thing that we discovered him uh, and and was able to purchase him and um so yeah we're learning we're kind of learning how to be dog people um and uh but but it's a lot of fun and it's definitely changed the dynamic of of the welchel house um in several ways so um if, if i recall murphy got his name because you're a baseball fan so it, just go ahead and tell us uh, who your favorite team is favorite player and why Oh wow! Um, well, we named we named Murphy. We love sports. All of my boys love sports. Um, Kim and I love sports. Um, I grew up loving baseball as a kid, and that was really my one thing. Uh, Kim very much grew up in a football family with her dad, uh, having uh, played at uh, University of Georgia and having a, a, a short pro career. So, and, and as a daughter of a high school football coach for years, so she was really into football. I never really got into football until we started dating and we got married. And then I just kind of b became more, um, more of a football fan, obviously, uh, because of, of my, 
uh, in-laws and my father-in-law, but um, when we were trying to think of a name for Murphy, we obviously went the sports route. We were trying to think of athletes and, you know, different people, especially if you're Georgia fans. I know tons of Georgia people who name their dogs uh, Dooley or Kirby or, you know, names affiliated with those players. And we were thinking we didn't want to go that direction. And so we were just brainstorming Braves players. And, and Tyler was thinking of a lot of the more current players. I remember like the 82 Braves. Um, when I fell in love with baseball was in the early 80s watching the Braves, America's team on TBS. And um, so Dale Murphy uh, was probably, um, if I had to say who was my favorite Atlanta Brave of all time, I, I would have to say Dale Murphy just because um, that was the the time that I fell in love with baseball and watching him, I thought Murphy just had one of the most beautiful swings in baseball. And when he um, when he ripped home runs, they were beautiful. Uh, it was so good. And uh, so yeah, Murphy is named after Dale Murphy. And um, so we love Georgia football, obviously. And um, so yeah, we're we're pretty much hometown people. We're we're gonna root for the Bulldogs. We're gonna root for the Braves. We're gonna root for the Falcons. That's really hard to say. Um, they're so disappointing. Um, and even the Hawks. We're optimistic about the Atlanta Hawks. Most people have written off the Hawks and don't enjoy them. But we feel like they're making some moves this year that maybe is setting them up for some success in the next season or two. So. Um, you know, Ben is the big basketball fan. Rob is the is a big basketball fan too. Of all the sports, Rob probably loves basketball more than anything. Tyler loves everything. I feel like, especially football and baseball, he gets into basketball a little bit. Um, but I've I, I've kind of become baseball football guy. And Kim's um, Kim's first love is is football. Um, she enjoys baseball, uh, not interested in basketball very much at all, and that's not a thing for her. But, um, yeah. So I've got a few more questions. Um, these are a little bit lighter, and then we'll go back to a more serious note. Okay. If you were to pick up a menu, and you look at the menu, and there's something on the menu called the Eric Welchel, what would that food item be? Hmm. Wow. That's a good question. I'll tell you the first thing that comes to my mind is it would probably be on the dessert menu. Okay. And it would the it it would be some sort of big ice cream dish. It would be something mounded over with ice cream. Um, I love ice cream. I can I can eat ice cream or drink milkshakes. Um. I feel like if I was in an eating contest with like, you know, it wouldn't be hot dogs. It wouldn't be anything else. Like put me in a milkshake or an ice cream eating contest and I think I could pound it. Um, so yeah, if there was any kind of food, I would say it would be some sort of ice cream based dessert would definitely be. It. Absolutely sounds delicious. So um, for those of you listening, Eric was Eric walked so that way Alan and I could run. He was the the tying piece here at FBC Lindell for many a years, holding down everything from our, our babies 
all the way up to our, our college kids. Um, and then the Lord called him to really be able to serve this church uh, in a larger capacity. Um, but you served uh, student ministry. Uh, that's kind of like your, your heart, that's your, your root for that. Um, what is your favorite student ministry memory? Oh, wow. That's so hard, too. Gee whiz. <laughs> you gave me no prep time to answer these questions. You're um, the honesty out of this. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's um, wow. Okay, my favorite. Um, I think my favorite would be, um, there's one particular summer that we attended student life camp. Uh, with our students, and even now, without being able to go back and look at the date, I, I it's hard for me to remember exactly which summer this was or what year it was. It was in the the late, um, it was probably early teens, I'm thinking, um, wow, I'm thinking it was like around 2013, 2014, and um, we had a pretty big group that year, and um you know, when you do youth ministry for a lot of years, you almost tend to learn um, the ebb and flow of what a week of camp is like. Um, you you start out, everybody's excited, fired up. By the time midweek comes, hopefully kids are, are, are taking in some of the truth they're experiencing, they're, they're seeing... Um, they're seeing uh, God show them some things. They're um, experiencing some some real spiritual insights, breakthroughs, things like that. And then um, end of the week is usually um, tends to be the more emotional type week. And sometimes with students and and even with adults, we can be sucked into it. Um, some of our response. Uh, when you when you look at it, it it tends to to be maybe a little more emotional than we want to admit, rather than be, really being based on truth of of what we're experiencing. And so um, there's there's probably a little bit um, I don't know how many youth pastors will agree with me, but there's a certain amount of that that you expect to see. And um, but this particular summer, I remember. Um, we, um, I think it, I think it was the last night of our camp and we, um, had our devotion on the beach and we would go out there every night and we would circle up. And I just remember the worship service that, that whole week, the worship time was really, um, really impactful. It was, it was very, um, very much filled, um, with the spirit. It was when uh, Louis Giglio was the camp pastor. Chris Tomlin was the worship leader. I mean, those guys are huge and they're great. And um, we um, we experienced a, a, a real move of the Holy Spirit in that worship time. And usually when you get the kids away from the worship time and you put them in a, in a situation where you're, you're challenging them to open up and share with each other, they tend to clam up. They tend to maybe not want to talk so much but there's always those three or four kids who are the bold ones who will who will know uh, that hey I can do this I can step up and share you know what the Lord's teaching me and um, and we were having that time and it started out that way the the ones that you kind of expected to speak up started to speak up and share um, what they were experiencing and what the Lord was teaching them but then 
other kids began to speak up and and as the leader knowing these kids I, I remember certain kids would open their mouths and I would think wow you you never say anything you never talk like um, maybe a little bit nervous to begin with like what are they gonna say they never talk they never say anything um, but there began to be, and it's so hard for me to put into words, and if any of the adults who were on that trip that year are listening to this, you, hopefully you guys will will um, identify with what I'm saying. It's so hard to put into words sometimes when you see an obvious move of the Holy Spirit in the lives of students. Um, like you just kind of have to be in the moment and experience it to really know that it's real. You can hear stories, and there may even be people listening to me right now that goes, yeah, I've heard stories like that before. Um, maybe that was real, maybe that wasn't, but it it very much was one of the most genuine moves of the Holy Spirit I saw in a group of students ever in student ministry. Kids began to open up and share things that were not, um, like they were, they were edifying, they were glorifying the Lord in what they were saying. It's real easy sometimes for students to make things about themselves. You know, it's like even when you're trying to be spiritual and you're trying to make a spiritual insight, you end up talking about yourself and kind of drawing attention to yourself. Sometimes that's an issue, but that wasn't happening here. And and students began to open up and share things. And then as we're in this big circle on the beach, a, a small group of kids, maybe two or three who were really close, um, they would kind of get up and move away from the group and they would walk down the beach 20, 30 feet, and then they would just get on their knees. We're on, in the dark on Daytona Beach, and they're all huddled on their knees together, and they're just praying together. And then, uh, and then maybe a couple other kids would get up, and it became, it became just a spontaneous worship time that, that I realized very quickly I didn't have control over. And it was a huge uh, lesson for me, because especially as a as a youth pastor, and 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 Ashton, I know you experience this too on some level with kids. You feel a responsibility as the leader to be the one to to kind of guide them through an experience like that, um, where you realize that you know the devotion, whatever you have to share with them, the insights you have to share, like God's using you to kind of move them in the direction that you feel like. Um, he wants them to go and and maybe in that moment what I realized was um, I was taking on um, I, I remember standing there watching what was going on and realizing how unnecessary it was for me to be there which which sounds I, I don't know if that makes sense but I was watching that going I'm like Lord, you're doing this right now, and it has absolutely nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with any clever devotion I've come up with or anything that I've said to these kids. It's it like the Holy Spirit is moving in their hearts, and he's doing what what your will in their life right now. And and I just got to sit and watch it. And, and it wasn't... I don't know. It, it, it was just the most incredible, genuine. And some of those students now, all of those students are, are grown. Most of them have gone to college now. They've graduated. They've got families. And and I still stay in touch with many of them. And so many of them still um, 
are just living lives of genuine faith. And I, and I know if I went to any kid in that group and say, do you remember that night in Daytona? Every one of them would have a story about, about how they experienced that. So, um, yeah, it's so hard to explain my favorite moment because it's one of those moments that's hard to put into words uh, to describe it. That definitely would be um, probably a um, highlight of, of all my years in student ministry. Absolute beautiful moments of ministry. Like you just, it that will stick with you time and time again. It's more than just the fun. It's not who was at camp, what was at camp, but that right there in itself. Like that's why you, you probably don't know the exact message that Giglio said or the song that Tomlin did. You don't even remember the year, no. but you remember the moment. That's that, and that is that is what it is all about. All right. So as we uh, conclude this, I just want to say thank you for being on the podcast. But here's your last question okay someone says why fbc lindale you have one word to describe the question why fbc lindale what is that word family gotta be family's the word i I remember um i remember not wanting to be the pastor here (laughs) and i remember god changing my heart and i and i remember when that happened and I realized this was what God's will was for me and for our church, um, that word was uh, was on my heart from the very beginning. And, and that's all Kim and I have ever experienced here in this church. Um, this is not the only church we've ever been a part of. It's not the only church we've ever served. Um, but I will say we, we feel so connected relationally to the people here, not just the students and the parents, um, but every generation of folks in this church, we, we love and, and, um, this has been the most, um, the most like family that we've ever experienced in our whole lives. And, and having almost been here, um, wow, it's, it's almost 20 years, I think. Yeah, it will be almost 20 years, um, that, that we've been here. Uh, there's, that's the word, um. And that's why I get so excited about new people coming because I want them to experience it the same way we have. And we know that we're not perfect and, and everybody won't experience it that way um, because because um, we're all different and I, I, would never, um, I would never tell anybody that our church was perfect and everybody who comes is going to have the most amazing experience like I have here. Um, but that's what we shoot for. That's what we hope for. And... Uh, and that's definitely so. I know I went on and on. You asked for a one-word answer, and I went on and on. But well, that, that's perfect. But the, that's the, it. The family. word is family. That's it. But uh, Lindale Station listeners, uh, we love you. We're glad that you're a part of our listener family. Um, thank you, Eric, for joining us today. Thank uh, you, Ashton. Be on the lookout for some more uh, interesting interviews and just insight as to who we are as a church. Uh, but until next week, peace out.